Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week in review with xenophobic racist Novak Djokovic supporting Russian money launderer Nigel Farage. Nigel, why don't you give us an update on your debanking story? Uh, we'll try and keep it brief because at this point people should be watching your actual videos which cover the story in detail. Uh, and there is an aspect of this that I do want to get to in a bit more detail, which I don't think I've mentioned in your videos. In short, in short, we told you from the start of this project, Nick and I working together, do not trust the entirety of the financial service industry. We've always said there are some very good people in it, but there are plenty of not very good people in it. Um, and British banking is rotten to the core. My the, the demand that I close my accounts with a banking group I've been with since 1980 uh, horrified me. What I didn't know until two months ago was that something called subject access requests even existed. I didn't know. So I pop in through my lawyer, although you could do it yourself if you wanted to online. And what I get back is this document full of vile, absolute vile, vitriol, prejudice. I mean, every negative article written about me, 144 mentions of Russia. I mean, the whole thing is disgusting. So I've decided to blow the lid off it. And within 72 hours, I'm literally getting hundreds of people emailing me, talking about their experiences with banks closing them down. They want to eradicate cash. You're the local window cleaner. Sorry, matey. Don't want your business. We don't want cash. They're doing it to public figures. They're doing it to the families of public figures. Oddly, every one of them on the conservative side of the argument. Now, George Galloway's not been debanked, or Jeremy Corbyn's not been debanked. Um, a, a, a woke culture that's going through the banks, um, and this has been exposed. I've been thrilled to have the Prime Minister support me, to have Elon Musk support me. This is really moving. Uh, but we need proper reform of the banking system. And this is now a crusade, because you cannot live in a modern, increasingly digitized age, unless you have a bank account. So this is it. This is my next big public crusade, and I'm not going to rest. That sounds good to me. But for the people who don't have your political clout and who can't get the support of the prime minister, what steps do you suggest people take to avoid being caught up in the same issues that you are? For example, should they have multiple bank accounts with multiple banks? Oh, I would advise everybody. You know, given how hard it is to even open bank accounts these days, get as many bank accounts, within reason, get as many bank accounts open as you possibly can in case you in case you say something on Facebook that doesn't accord with their value and their purpose and with inclusivity. I love that word, inclusivity. Unless you have a different opinion. They don't have to be excluded for life. I mean, what an and Nigel, Nigel, you're not exaggerating about that Facebook comment. This is the thing that I really took from your recent video. That's yeah, not well, you, see, you see, Refinitiv are one of the big global credit agencies. 49 of the world's 50 leading banks go there. So say you at home want to open a new bank account. They will cross-access check that very quickly with Refinitiv to find out whether you left a, you know, a massive fraudulent debt behind in Kuala Lumpur 20 years ago or something like that. So we get out why they do it. But it was announced in the Times this Monday that British banks are now working with Refinitiv to get all the bank accounts on their systems to monitor, to monitor people's social media. We're not careful. We're headed towards a communist Chinese social credit system. It's why this fight matters so much. Number one, 
get as many bank accounts as you possibly can in case you fall foul of one. Uh, number two, if you're working in a business where you take cash, you know, please, please organize a meeting with the manager of that local branch who you're taking cash in. Explain to them what your business is. It's very, very important that you do that uh, before you commence business and, and uh, commence trading. Um, and number three, if you have had problems, you have had a bank getting really, really difficult with you or closing you down or reducing your limits, put in your own subject access requests. Put them in. I'm a bit and then if you're not happy go to the ombudsman now the ombudsman is useless at this stage but i have a feeling by the time we finish with the ombudsman it'll be a much bigger department and much more efficient so that that's a basic toolkit i think for people right now but do think about it because this has happened to thousands of people i've blown the whistle on something that's been bubbling away as a scandal for many years the part of that that horrified me was the fact that I use social media to try and keep track of things I might want to write about by clicking the like button. And so that might be seen as an endorsement of those views when just as much, uh, just as often they are the opposite. So. Ricky Gervais, who I think is incredibly funny. I, I honestly got, and gosh, he's clever. I retweeted a Ricky Gervais joke. They've gone down as being transphobic because I like Ricky, I like a joke. So you see, you know... Uh, I'm making lies of it, but it's developing serious stuff. It really is. Yeah, that's the, the almost the joke of it here is that it's so absurd you laugh about it, yeah. and yet there's this nefarious side to it. Uh, the most shocking revelation in this document you gained access to as a result of the subject access request was that you have always treated the bank staff politely, uh, which is more than the rest of us have managed, quite frankly, at, at this <laughs> point. Yeah, I think they were horrified. There were two, two <laughs> things in the report that stood out. One, He's not been convicted yet. What is yet? And the other one, he is always polite and courteous to staff. But this must have been very, very difficult. I mean, clearly, they thought I was some kind of monster because, you see, I mean, these are a very select group of people. These are other middle-class white people, other double-barreled names, went to the best boarding schools in the country, live in the smartest postcodes in London, uh, have never met a working-class person in the entirety of their life other than you know, the cleaner, the butler, and the chauffeur, and they're pretty rude to them. Um, and, and in their little world, anything to do with Brexit, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of cloves of garlic and crosses, and, and, and that's what you've got. And there are 19 million customers of NatWest Bank, 19 million. And it's now headed up by Dame Alison Rose, who says her purpose is to fight climate change and to campaign for LGBT rights. Quite what that's got to do with a, with a banking group who, through their own greed and stupidity, had to be bailed out by us in 2008, and whom we still own 39% of. You know, I mean, the whole thing's off the road. Uh, and I, do you know something? I actually think this could be a turning point. I actually think a pendulum of common sense uh, in private business, because, you know, I bet you, I bet you, a vast majority of those 19 million are far more concerned about living, existing, how they're going to cope when they retire than they are about a bank that now has gender swap identity badges. Oh, yes. You can be a man on a Monday and a woman on Tuesday. You know, I'm sorry. These are a twisted sense of priorities.
let's move on. Actually, in the Fleet Street letter, we're going to be covering what the implications of all this are for investors and for the economy and financial matters as well, because I think there's going to be some big repercussions here, even if this is a turning point and they really have gone too far. Uh, but let's move on to Great British Nuclear, which has been launched by the UK government um, this week. It's £157 million in a grant to developing nuclear power projects. Is this going to work? Is this good news? Or is it another government program that's going you know, to cause more problems than it solves? It's funny, isn't it? No private enterprise business can now exist without massive grants in terms of battery plants this week, or somehow a state-run vehicle is going to oversee it all. Look, of course we're sceptical, Nick, about how they'll deliver this, but the good thing is I think we've turned the corner in quite a big way on the nuclear debate, and we've discussed this over the course of the last few months. There is a very, very big attitudinal shift that is going on right across the Western world and whatever you think of carbon dioxide emissions, um, and by the way, please don't criticize the net zero of agenda, otherwise your bank will close you down. But whatever we think of it, um, whatever we think of it, uh, it, even the Labour Party now supports nuclear. It is going to happen. It'll take time, but it is going to happen. Yeah, that's uh, it's another topic we're going to cover in the Fleet Street later, the idea that if the government is controlling things indirectly via all these regulations and banks are able to control our lives indirectly um, by selecting which businesses can succeed and can't succeed and that you need government support and, and, and funding in order to get anything off the ground, then that has real implications as well. Let's just finish on an interesting piece of news. Apparently, the Euro Tunnel is operating as efficiently as it did before Brexit for goods. Uh, I'm sure you're very surprised by this. I went through Euro Tunnel twice last week. Twice last week, I drove down to Folkestone. I went through Eurotunnel. Uh, I had a chat with a couple of the lads who were the lorry drivers, as I always do, uh, on, on the freight side. Yeah, working absolutely beautifully. All you have to do is pre-book online. It's, it's fine. It's fine. And it's the same for trade. You know, we just have to adapt and adjust. Brexit was like moving house. That always brings some inconvenience. But long term, you move to a house for a reason. It's a better place to live. You've upsized. You've downsized. That's all we've done. Let's hope you have some better news on your banking story next week, Nigel. Thanks very much for joining us.